0: Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains, and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome, everybody, back to With You Every Step. This episode, I have a returning guest. Helen is back, but this time she's not with me. This time she's in the UK. And we are going to talk about Galapagos Islands. We're going to talk about how we did the Galapagos Islands on a budget and we'll give you step by step. So hopefully maybe pen, paper, mm, if you want, or you can just go back to this and pause it and listen again if you want to. It's your choice. Welcome, Helen.
1: Hi, Michelle. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How was the rest of your travels?
1: Absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. Yes, very good. So since I last saw you, I have been lucky enough to go to Bali in Indonesia. Um, I was lucky to go to a wedding in South Africa and also spend some time in India also for a wedding. But I am back in the UK now and I'm speaking to you in the morning where it is night time in Australia. So great to chat to you.
0: We did do Galapagos Islands on a budget, so let's go step by step and really break it down on how we did it and everything that we did and how much everything cost. So if people go, they know how much they're going to be spending roughly. If they do it the way we did it, I mean, obviously there's different ways of doing Galapagos Islands and going on a boat is the most common way I get really, and you've probably heard me say already a thousand times, I get really, really motion sickness. So being on a boat for a week to me sounds nauseating, literally. So it is not ideal. So we didn't decide to do it that way. We decided to do it where we stay on the island. So we started off in Quito, didn't we?
1: Yes, that's where I flew in. Um, How do you fly to Quito from um, Australia? Because there's not a direct flight, is there?
0: No. So I had been in Peru before that, but normally for us we'd have to fly via Santiago and then up. Yes. So that's the way I had to go home from Santiago. I had to go via Lima and then Mm -hmm. down to Santiago and then across to Sydney and then Melbourne. So it was quite a trek.
1: Okay, so from the UK or from like Europe, I flew uh, London, Miami, and then down, there's a direct flight from Miami to Quito. Um, But also, I know that there are other airlines, such as there's one in um, the Netherlands, and I think from Spain, you can get to South America. But from the UK, you do have to go via the States usually to get to Quito, where you can then fly Quito to the Galapagos. I don't think there's any direct flights to the Galapagos, they all go from Quito Airport.
0: Did you have to get a ESTA from the U.S. to be able to fly in and out?
1: Yes, I did, but I didn't realise that, so I had to do it on the morning of my travels. Um, So I arrived at Heathrow and I needed to get the ESTA on the day. So luckily I'd already been to America earlier um on oh, maybe like a year before i'd been to chicago and then a few years before i'd been to new york so i already had the esters approved so it didn't take too long but that was a real um oversight on my behalf because i was flying through miami but of course you still need to get the ester even if you're just flying through so that's a top tip if you're coming from the uk um and going to Keita, and then on the galapagos
0: i think that's from anywhere. If you're going via the US, you need an ESTA. So for those that don't know, it's a visa to go through the US. I think it's, is it 15 US dollars?
1: Um, I think so. Yes. And that's not even to stay.
0: No, that's right. So I had to – I mean, I was going back to the U.S. I think now it lasts maybe two or three years, the ESTA, but this time I'm a dual citizen. So normally when I fill it out, it approves it instantly. But this time being a dual citizen – America has now tightened their reins on things. So I had to wait for mine to be approved. So I had already paid for my flights, thinking they would not be an issue. And then when it bounced back and said, waiting for approval, I went into panic stations and thought, oh my gosh, what if I get rejected? What? I've already paid for everything. I hadn't even thought of that. But then it got approved. I can
1: totally sympathise. I was waiting at Heathrow Airport for my Esther to come through, and they wouldn't let me go through security until that had come through. So it did take an extra half an hour or so, just nervously waiting on my phone. Thank goodness for smartphones now, because we, we're able to um, apply for things straight away.
0: Oh, wow, that would have been quite scary.
1: I was waiting nervously at Heathrow for my Esther to come through, um, but it did the start of a three-month trip. And, yes, I had friends to meet, yourself and Heidi in Quito, all ready to go to the Galapagos together.
0: Well, that's right. So Heidi and I had flown in from Lima, and I think you were meant to be in hours before us, weren't you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I was expected to be there a couple of hours before you, but my flight was delayed. Um, so I arrived maybe five minutes before you, um, but I had plenty of time to go and buy. Do you remember I got the welcome balloon?
0: I've got a photo of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll put the photo up on my Instagram. It's a great photo. We look exhausted, but it was a great <laughs> picture of this Helen standing at the airport with this beautiful little balloon. It was very cute. It was very cute. It was a great Good start. So then we ended up staying that night because we flew in late, which I, it, I don't know. From what I gathered, a lot of the flights look like they did come in late to Quito and then to fly to the Galapagos. It's not to the next day. So we had to get accommodations. And I found, I think it's called the Quito Airport Suite. I, I, I found it really hard trying to find accommodation in Quito because the actual town is really quite far from the airport. So for us to get there, I think, what time was our flights got in? 11.45 p.m.?
1: We weren't at the hotel until midnight.
0: Yeah, we didn't want to go and stay in the city and then have to come back in early in the morning to get a flight. So I found something close to the airport. And if you go on their website, they had... Special through their website, I guess saves them money through bookings.com and things like that. If they go direct through the website where you get a free shuttle from the airport, so I booked through their website and we got that free shuttle. And so I just made sure I kept sending them reminders, hey guys, is it still okay that you're picking us up super late from the airport? They said, yep, yeah, we'll definitely be there. And they were, so that was good. So we ended up going back there and then we had that night there woke up in the morning, I'm celiac gluten-free so I can't have wheat or flour and they didn't quite understand that there. So we get up and we go to this breakfast and you guys were having this fabulous breakfast.
1: I was on the pancakes as usual.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It looked delicious and they brought me out (laughs) a little thing of yogurt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like a thin layer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was tiny. It wasn't, it wasn't really breakfast because it was actually a lady in a kitchen cooking for us, wasn't it? There was hardly anyone else there. It was yes. a very small place. And so there was a lady in a kitchen cooking, so her English wasn't very good and I didn't want to bother her.
1: You're always very polite. But there was free coffee refills. I think we had some fresh fruit and, yeah, it was our first breakfast as a trio. So I was very excited to be with you and um, – yeah, lovely pancakes. I remember,
0: mm, and the rooms were quite good too. That had a one room that I was in in the big bed, and then you guys shared a bed because I don't know if you remember from, from the first <laughs> episode that
1: hello, my not- snuggle buddy. <laughs>
0: So then we had to pay for the taxi on the way back, which I don't know. I'm pretty sure it said return to the airport was free as well, but I wasn't going to argue. I think it was only $5. And so they took us back to the airport.
1: So there was a slight delay to our flight. Um, We were going to be departing a little bit later on. Um, but when we got to the airport, the airline informed us that there was actually a delay to that flight. And because of the delay, they gave us a voucher um, to pay for our lunch. Yeah. So we each got $12?
0: $12 US. And we went to, was it Jimmy Rockets? Is that what it's called?
1: <laughs> we had burgers, yeah, we, we had hot dogs and burgers. For well, you guys. It was the only restaurant um in the airport, but there were others outside, there's a food court opposite. But um yeah, we decided that we would have a free Jimmy Rockets courtesy of the airline.
0: Yeah, I think I just had a chicken, grilled chicken breast with a piece of lettuce. I think that's what I ended up getting from there. Anyway, so when we got to the airport, it was a little bit different than if you were to be going to Lima because the Galapagos Islands are protected and they are very particular about what people are taking through. So when you walk in, we didn't see this, which. Looking back, I kind of think, how did we miss it? But to the the right, there was a massive section that said, if you're going to the Galapagos Islands, you come here.
1: Yeah, so it's a big zoning area um, to screen our bags, uh, to check our shoes, just to check that we weren't taking any samples or anything that could damage the island be it the soils, be it um, the animals, um, be it anything that could potentially cause harm.
0: Yeah, and when, so, you line up there and you go through and you, you go to the counter, and there is someone there and you have to pay them. So, we had to pay, was that 20 US dollars there? Yes,
1: yeah, so we had to pay to go through the screening, and then we had to pay for a special um, tourist pass once we landed on the Galapagos.
0: Yeah, so. We paid that and then you go through into this room and they screen all your bags and they put tags on your bags to say that they're cleared for Galapagos. Then you go to the counter where your airline is and then you check in your bags there. They will not let you check into Galapagos unless you've done that part.
1: Absolutely, which I totally understand because there's so many incredible species on the Galapagos Islands and it needs to be protected.
0: It's a 2-hour flight from Quito and we land in Galapagos and there's a lot of people. Only certain flights can go to Galapagos though. There's not a lot of flights flying in. So when they do land, everyone is kind of there. So we're all going through and then that's where you pay the $100 US. So you get the tourist pass and then again they screen your bag and then they then you can go through. Now, there are no taxis at this part. So where we flew into was, it was Beltra, right?
1: Yes. So we flew into the main airport um, and then we had to get onto a coach.
0: Yeah. So that bus was free. We didn't have to pay for that bus. So that bus, everyone just kind of piled in and they chucked your bags underneath. And some people had bags sitting on top of them. So that one is the free bus. So it's a very well-oiled machine, the Galapagos. They are used to tourists coming through.
1: Absolutely. Um, And then when we were on the boat, we did have to pay a fee. I think it was a dollar um, on the boat, which took us um, to the other side where there were some local buses, taxis, um, but it wasn't particularly well-organized, was it, Michelle?
0: Well, that part wasn't. I I feel like the first part was like kind of getting shuttled onto the free bus and then getting from the free bus onto the boat. They have a section where you sit down and you wait and they kind of go, all right, your turn, you go now. And they put the bags on top of the boat and then the boat, the ferry, sorry, the ferry takes you over to the main part of the island. And then it's a 40-minute drive or an hour, I think. Oh, no, I might have that wrong. It might be 30 minutes taxi forty five minute bus does that sound right?
1: Yes, yeah, to take us into santa Cruz
0: yeah, that's right, so it's the the taxi was twenty five u s and there was three of us, or the bus, I think, was only like three dollars u s per person, but everyone was kind of jamming on the bus, and it was stinking hot. And coming from Quito where it was colder, we all had quite a lot of clothes on. So we weren't dressed for that heat. So we wanted to just hurry up, get a taxi and then get out of there. And that's where, yeah, we met that lovely French woman.
1: Yes, we rescued her because um, everyone kind of piled into taxis. The bus was full and she didn't have a ride. She hadn't made it onto the bus. So we invited her into our taxi um, and I used my GCSE French to communicate with her uh, quite poorly, actually. But um, we we did we did understand where she needed to go. And um, so I think we did a good a good deed there. Uh, that's the benefit of group travel, because we were traveling as a group of three friends Um the cost of the taxi we could share if you're traveling on your own, then it wouldn't make sense to travel by a private taxi everywhere. But sometimes if you're traveling in a larger group, it can be a a good way, an efficient way of traveling because we didn't really have that much time on the island. So we wanted to uh, make the most of it. But yes, we got that private taxi, which took first our lovely French lady, who we dropped at her hotel, um, and we kept bumping into actually, didn't we, which was nice, Um, and then to the accommodation, which you'd arranged.
0: Yeah, so with the taxi, we happened to pick the taxi driver that was kind of in charge, so he was there to make sure that no one was left behind and that's why she did also come with us because we were the last taxi and we're like great and then she ended up actually paying a little bit more so it didn't cost us very much because she did she said no you saved me so here yeah. and so she gave us some extra money so that was kind of sweet because we're all like
1: yeah she was lovely that was a really really sweet gesture um but yes uh they're not going to leave anybody behind. Um, so, yeah, all good. So
0: I do recommend if you are travelling by yourself, I would probably get the bus. I mean, it saves a lot of money. You don't want to really be paying twenty five US dollars by yourself. But, or you can do what she did, which was kind of find some other people and just be like, hey, guys, are you in a hurry? Do you want to get a cab? Let's share it. And I'm sure you might find some people that might be able to do that with you as well. We were happy to do that.
1: Oh, of course. Um, and then we got to our accommodation, which was lovely, which you'd found.
0: That's right. It was Hostel Beltra, but it actually also has another name, which is Oh Beltra Apartments and Suites, I
1: think. Was it Beltra? B A L T R A. yeah. Beltra. You're right, Beltra. Beltra that's your Australian accent coming through that I'm like darling it's Beltra <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was saying
0: <laughs> I didn't even hear that you were correcting me <laughs> I'm like mm. <laughs> no yeah I'm Beltra that's what I'm saying <laughs>
1: Oh, there um, Queen's English.
0: <laughs> and this is this is what happens a lot when you have people traveling together that are from different countries there is a few a few language issues at times when we can't quite understand each other but it's all the fun of it <laughs> <laughs> so beltra is that better
1: i'd say beltra but that's okay <laughs> isn't that what i said <laughs> Not to my ear, but it's okay. I'm sure your listeners can decide.
0: (laughs) We ended up there, which I had arranged. They had an apartment and I thought it would be better for us to kind of have solid ground, have somewhere where we can cook so we don't have to eat out every day because I know anywhere in the world that you go and you have to buy three meals a day, it gets very expensive. And thinking it's a tourist island... I thought that it might be tourist prices for meals and I thought it might be really expensive and knowing it's in US dollars, for me coming from Australia, it's not so good the US dollar to the Australian dollar. It it really it really hurts our pocket. Where for you it's actually not that bad.
1: Yeah, the pound um was, was pretty strong at the time of travel.
0: So we got a place that had a kitchen and it had two bedrooms. One had a queen bed and its own ensuite and then the other one had a kind of a double bed down the bottom and then a bunk with a single bed at the top and then also Mm -hmm. out in the lounge room where Helen ended up sleeping, there was a couch that converted into a bed as well. Yes. And so there was two bathrooms. The other bedroom had an ensuite as well. So it was quite a good place, especially for families. I mean, I think a family would love that place.
1: Yeah, it was really, really lovely. Balcony, really good kitchen and just really nice to be able to get up and make our own breakfast. And it's always fun going to supermarkets in foreign countries. I always love exploring and finding new things. So yeah, we had a really good time and um, and we we did eat out. We just kind of mixed it up and would sometimes cook for ourselves and sometimes go out. But you do really save by making your own breakfast. But we would pack up our own lunches as well. So each morning I would boil some eggs and make some sandwiches. And for you, being gluten free, it just meant you had a lot more options to eat well.
0: <laughs> well, that's what we thought. Well, that's what I thought was going to happen. It didn't really happen because they didn't have much fresh fruit and veggies there, did they? The little supermarket, sure. the place where we stayed at was in a great location. It was walking distance to everything. So that's what I wanted. That was definitely it's a tick. If you're walking distance to the main things, that's what we need when we're on that kind of holiday. And this place was. And we we get there. We thought, okay, let's go to the supermarket, get things so we can have breakfast in the morning, come back, have a shower and then go out for dinner. That was our plan on day one once we got there because we did end up flying in quite late because our flight had been delayed. So we went to the supermarket and we, <laughs> I was really excited to think I was going to get some yummy food and I think I got – actually, I can't even – oh. <laughs> I do know what we got that we couldn't eat. Do you remember what (laughs) we got?
1: I do. We thought we were buying bananas, but they were plantain. And we quickly discovered that plantain is not a banana. um, And you have to cook it in a very specific way. Um, I tried and failed to boil a plantain and... I think I tried to fry some plantain. We tried everything. And it was just disgusting. I tried to fry it, but I don't think we had any oil. So I think I used some honey and then it just went hard. And of course, when you cook honey, it just goes to caramel and goes hard. So it was an absolute disaster. And I don't think I'll ever look at a plantain again. I know.
0: (laughs) But something that our listeners need to know is that they were green. (laughs)
1: So, we thought that the green plantain were just unripe bananas and that they were (laughs) going to turn yellow, but they were just green. And a few days later, we're like, they're still green. (laughs) They're quite big bananas, (laughs) quite long and flat. So, then we discovered we'd bought plantain and then we tried to cook them. By boiling them, I think we even microwaved one. We did. It we was tried. A bit of I, an experiment.
0: I googled. They did have Wi-Fi at the place we stayed at, and I did Google how to ripen ripen that's the word I was looking for how to ripen yes. a plantain. And putting it in the microwave was one way, but all it did was it made it go black on the outside, but then the <laughs> inside was still <laughs> raw and it had not ripened. We
1: could not soften that plantain. It was so, so tough. But, yeah, good story. Quite Teddy. <laughs> <funny. laughs>
0: so I didn't actually get hardly anything from the supermarket they didn't really have any fresh fruit or veggies they didn't have rice cakes they didn't have things that I could actually eat so I ended up I did find they did have a cereal a gluten-free cereal so I got that and I think I got some almond milk as well and I think that's what I had for breakfast but other than that I didn't have anything for lunches or for dinners because they really didn't have anything. And I asked the lady that was running the hostel or the hotel, the mm, accommodation that we were staying at, it wasn't a hostel, and I wouldn't call it a hotel.
1: Yeah, apartments, just rented apartments. Yeah. Um, But they were serviced, so that was great.
0: Yeah, they were, and they they were really clean and they were beautiful for the price it was quite good so we paid about 740 between the three of us for five nights accommodation which works out quite good when you're on the galapagos islands i think and i think that was a good way of doing it when i looked at the costing on the boats they were thousands of dollars thousands and i'm not joking four thousand for five nights or six nights and no no i'm not paying that much just to be sick the whole time no thanks Then we went out for dinner that night. So we went to the grocery store, we came home and then we went out to dinner, but we ended up going to...
1: So we went to a street where in the evenings it's closed off and tables and chairs are put out by local restaurants which line the streets on either side. So we went across and, of course, everyone's bartering trying to get you to come and eat with them. Um, And we had a a meal on the road, which was, was really nice. So... It's quite common to have, like, fish of the day with rice and plantain, which, which they cook correctly. <laughs> um, but you found <laughs> you were quite limited with your options, weren't you?
0: Yeah, they didn't quite understand gluten-free in those restaurants there. So I just kind of said rice and meat or rice and veggies. But the good thing about those places was the cocktail
1: oh wow yeah cocktail hour was fantastic we got some really good deals
0: three cocktails for 10 us dollars
1: yeah, I think so. Um, most were great, but do you remember the uh, mojitos that we had, which tasted like <laughs> tasted like mouthwash? <laughs> they'd fully ground up the mint, so everything was just you know mixed together. It's, it's it's like they've got the ingredients of a mojito and blended them, so it just tasted like a mouthwash. That was that was pretty gross. But every other every other cocktail was really really good. <laughs> we just weren't a fan. I think we might have even got four for 10 US on those ones.
0: Oh, we did. On that same day that we got there, we also went down straight away to figure out our day tours for the next few days. So we could actually book them in, have it done and know our schedule for the next so many days. And that was your domain. We kind of let you rule the roost with that one.
1: Yeah, so because I was a travel agent before, we um, went to two recommended agencies and just did a price comparison, but also took our diaries and said, we're free for the next four days. What can you offer? What's good? And we also spoke to the lady who was in charge at our accommodation and she recommended two places that she really would go one was a snorkeling trip um around pinzon and so she said that that was really really nice and you would see really good fish so that was one of the best tours to do and then she recommended another island, which was North Seymour. And she recommended that island because it's where you see the very famous blue-footed boobies. And it's also the most famous island for really good birds. So there are other islands and um, we, we could have gone to others, but she had recommended those as if you do those two islands, you'll see a lot of what you want to see. Um, and she also recommended that we go and visit the tortoises because they're also really famous so we went to both travel agencies and got quotes for both um, but didn't sign up for anything right there and it's really used the fact that there were three of us as as the, the buying power for us because we were able to secure a discount weren't we
0: Mm, We were. But as I mentioned in our first episode that Helen and I did together, that I did talk about how I was given a tip from a taxi driver that if we were to go up to the boats in the morning and skip the travel agent, we probably would have got a little bit cheaper. So if you are by yourself and you do have time, I probably recommend trying that, going up in the morning to the boats and just seeing how much they'll charge you and see if you can get on a boat that way. If you have time, I probably wouldn't risk it if you're on a very short time span there. But something else that I would probably recommend would be going to the island of Isabella. We didn't have time to do that. I didn't realize how far away that island was, but that's another island where you can stay there. So what we were told is that you could get a boat to stay there. You could do maybe a couple of day trips from there as well, and then you could come back. So to Santa Cruz, and that's something that possibly we could have done and if we had stayed a little bit longer, but we didn't think we would have the budget to do it. But after doing it now, I think we probably could have. I think I would have been able to afford a few more days because it didn't cost me as much as I was expecting. What did you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd really like to go back actually to the Galapagos Islands. I thought it was a really amazing destination and surprisingly family friendly. When we were on the boats, we were there with lots of young families and there's lots of things to do that are free. So Um, We went to the travel agencies and had booked in the two uh, boat trips that we wanted to do. So pins on, we booked for 120 US and then we booked the North Seymour, which was slightly more expensive at 160 US, but that was on a yacht and both included all day travel, all of your sort of activities included and um, food. But what was amazing was the first day we were actually there. So we'd arrived and, um, I mean, the first full day we were there, we went on the boardwalk, do you remember?
0: Mm -hmm. So we got up that morning, we packed our, well, you guys packed your lunches, we had breakfast and then we Mm -hmm. went for a walk. And so we Mm -hmm. walked down, which we had been told this was one of the nicest beaches that you can go to. And they weren't wrong. It was beautiful. So we did. We walked. It was quite a long walk. I think it was at least an hour, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was a long walk along the boardwalk, but beautiful. And then by the time we got to the beach, it was just absolutely stunning, you know, white sand, crystal blue. Um, we saw some of the famous water iguanas, which was so exciting. Um, and there, there was one just sort of chilling on the beach. I think we all got a really nice sort of iconic photo. Herons um, were just wandering around fishing and we we just chilled on the beach we had a little swim in the bay and that was a really nice relaxing first day we saw some other um animals
0: i made a big mistake and i wore my thongs so for anyone that's not an aussie that is not a g-string i am talking about flip-flops and so (laughs) so i had my flip-flops on and being such a long walk I ended up getting huge blisters in between where my plugger goes. And so not expecting to have such a long walk. And then on the way back, we were in a hurry because we wanted to get to the Darwin, the Charles Darwin Centre before it closed. So we all wanted to get this in all on one day. And we ended up spending a little bit longer probably at the beach because it was so beautiful. The water was so calm. It was so... Delightful just to lay in the water and take in our surroundings. And we didn't want to rush that. So we just decided, didn't we, that we would just chill until we were ready to leave. And then if we can fit it in, we'll go do it. But then, of course, when we decided to leave, we were then in a hurry because then we made that choice that we didn't want to miss out.
1: Sure. And that was called Tortuga Bay, which was where we went to. It's the Playa Tortuga Bay um, in Santa Cruz and just so spectacular. And the boardwalk was really nice to get there. Um, And you're right, that afternoon we went to the Charles Darwin Centre which is also in Santa Cruz and it has lots of different animals including of course what the Galapagos are really famous for which are the giant tortoises so they have a conservation project. On the way
0: down you guys you and Heidi were walking a little bit quicker I had I had plugger issues on my thongs, so I had these massive blisters that were building as I'd been walking. So I was starting to walk very slow, and I just said to you girls, just go, just go, I'll catch up. And as I was walking, I stopped, and there's one section where they bring in all the fish, and I actually spoke about this a little bit in my episode with Ben Pearson from World Animal Protection, and they bring the fish in, and the sea lions know that this is where the fish lives, so they wait. And they wait for them to chop the head off the fish and the sea lion grabs it and jumps into the water. That was one of my favorite moments watching these sea lions do this. And just the thought process on them, you can see them thinking about it and looking and they're sneaking. And again, I'll put some more of these pictures on Instagram so you can see these cheeky little sea lions lining up and waiting for the fish to be cut. And that was really special. That was on the main street in santa cruz so down near the water and where they bring all the fish in so it's actually on the way from our accommodation we walked past all the shops and down that way to get to the charles darwin center it was quite a long walk hence the plugger blisters so on the way back you ended up running and grabbing a cab for us and we ended up getting (laughs) a cab back
1: I know. You were really in a lot of pain. um. So I did run ahead, grab you a cab, and then we had to come back and rescue you, didn't we? Yeah, I, I could <laughs> not.
0: <laughs> I was broken. I was broken. And I, still, it's been months now, and I still have the blister circle from that section.
1: I have open walking shoes, and I love them because they, they have um, Velcro straps across. I mean, they, they do look a little bit like Jesus sandals, and I think they are men's sandals. They're not the most stylish in the world, but they are so practical. I don't wear socks with them, but you can kind of imagine the style. They're trespass, and I love them. So comfy and, uh, yeah. <laughs> no blisters here, babe. <laughs> no,
0: I would probably recommend that than having the thongs because they did. They killed me. Normally I wear – I need orthotics in my feet. I know, it's so sexy. So I need to wear orthotics, and I have – actual shoes that I normally wear but because we were going to the beach I didn't want to take them and so that's why I had thongs on not expecting to be walking as far as we did.
1: The next day that we went to Las Crietas so we got a water taxi uh, which took us to these amazing, um, it was like a Um, it's like these rocks and then there's a little rock pool do you remember so we we went swimming in this rock pool so it's called las grietas in santa cruz Um, and so we walked along there
0: yes we did we got that water taxi how much was that water taxi a
1: couple of dollars not much which took us to las grietas which was really amazing um and we also went to visit the um well, it was one of the island's tortoise sanctuaries. Um, so there's somewhere where you could go and see lots of giant tortoises. Um, and we also visited some of the craters. So there's these amazing craters on the island. So that was a taxi which we got, um, which we shared. Heidi wasn't feeling very well, so the, the two of us um, took the, the um taxi to see the craters and then also to see the tortoises.
0: Yeah. And so we went first in the morning to the tortoises and then we came back and then we did the water taxi in the afternoon.
1: That's correct. Yeah. Las Crietas was afterwards. Yeah.
0: And again, that was a bit of a walk to get there. So you, you go to yes. where you get the boats to go out to all the places and we weren't sure exactly if that was the right place or not, but it did end up being where we needed to go. And then we got the ferry over, which is really just where some of the other more expensive it looked like, the more expensive resorts were were on that side.
1: Yes, they were. And we did have a cocktail in one, do you remember, and used the Wi-Fi, which was great. <laughs> there was a really funky one where we stopped for a drink, having had such a busy packed day. Um, yeah, it was really, really lovely. And then the next day was when we went to Pinson. So Pinzon was um, an island where you, you can't actually get off, but you are able to snorkel and, and swim around. Um, and we mentioned this when we, we first chatted um, on your first podcast back in Melbourne about how we weren't warned to take wetsuits. But we were fine, weren't oh, we? We
0: were totally fine. We had to meet at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we ended up going yeah. down there. And the guy that we were waiting for had said that he didn't have a booking for us and I started panicking and I no, we've paid for this and I thought oh no we've been ripped off this is the first time ever in my life I've been ripped off I'm so careful with everything no we hadn't been ripped off he was just a bit chilled you know it's island life and he was like no he made a phone call he's like oh yeah it's all good the bus is coming (laughs)
1: That's it. He, he had no record of our booking. Then he left the office, was frantically on the phone, obviously to the company to say, did we book three girls in to do um, that? Um, and then they came back and it was all fine. Sadly, um, Heidi was unwell, so she missed this day, didn't she? she did. Which was really, really sad. To on, we were on the right island, so we were able to get in a, a small smallish boat um, and they drove us maybe maybe about an hour or so Mm. in a speedboat um, to the island and then we were able to snorkel in a couple of different places but the first part where we snorkeled I mean we really went right in at the deep end because (laughs) there were sharks straight away which were amazing and one of the coolest things I saw that day was there was a sea lion and it came and it was trying to play and provoke the sharks and I saw it bite the shark's in. it was so cool just so amazing
0: and then what it did was it swam underneath me and then the shark chased it coming my way with its teeth facing me. And I thought I was going to be shark food. I was so scared. We just hopped in the water. So we didn't know what to expect, didn't know that all this (laughs) wildlife was underneath us. And then they come up and they're so close. They were providing us with snorkel and mask. And I had my own because I'm really germ phobe when it comes to putting the snorkels in my mouth. And so I had my own. But he said to me, actually, use our mask and just use your snorkel mouthpiece and our masks are better and he was right his mask was great and so we jumped in Helen's not the most confident snorkeler, but then you got over that and you were really good and you were loving it weren't you
1: Yes. So I've had really horrible experiences snorkelling before. I've tried diving, but unfortunately it led to me having a panic attack. It was not something that I'm comfortable doing, mainly because I had a tracheostomy when I was a baby. So I had a tracheostomy for three years, which is just a tube that goes into your windpipe. And so for that reason, I've always been a bit weird with snorkelling, diving. Um, But this equipment was so good that actually after about five minutes and getting used to it I was fine and it was really good quality equipment like you say so for that reason I, I actually really really enjoyed it and you know I was swimming off on my own and I felt really really confident so yeah it was a, a big moment for me I, was, I felt very very proud to finally be able to see the incredible wildlife underwater that I hadn't really enjoyed up until that moment so yeah really exciting and just the beautiful fish schools of fish the colors to see the sea lions that was amazing so that first dive was concentrated around the sharks Mm -hmm. but later on we went and saw um, a family of sea lions and there was young sea lions and there was just Loads of them. I think I counted eight at one point, just dancing around us. And if you went down and sort of twirled your body around, then they would come and twirl around you because they're just so playful. And that was incredible, wasn't it? Oh,
0: it was. It was amazing. It's one of the most special things that I've ever done where it's come to snorkeling. Mm. Because, you know, you can snorkel, you can see fish, but they were. And, you know, everyone was very respectful. No one tried to touch them. No one tried to do the wrong thing. And it is the Galapagos. And I think a lot of people are aware that you can't do those things and it's not okay. But if they come up to you, I had a GoPro strapped to my wrist And this sea lion was performing for my GoPro. I I was so excited that I wasn't paying attention. So I've missed a lot of it with my hand, but he was trying to dance in front of it. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And what I really enjoyed is that we weren't with schools of people. We were with schools of fish, but not schools of people. There was hardly any other tourists around where we were taken. So we were not with all these other people, which also lets the wildlife feel safe and come up to you, where, you know, if there's getting bombarded with all these people, they I don't think they would.
1: Yeah, I think we were the only boat there that day. Um, and it was lovely because we were... Um, on board with a family and the kids just loved it, didn't they? They were um, from Ecuador and they just had such a lovely time. Um, they were being guided by um, somebody who was on the boat with us. So they had life jackets and were being guided around um so that they could see and just holding onto a rubber ring. So it was a really nice way of showing the children in a safe way um, all the different animals. Um, but but we were allowed to sort of roam a roam little freer, weren't we? Which was so exciting and just a really, really amazing experience. And for 120 US, it was a bargain because it included lunch, which was a fish a fish lunch I think um and and all of our equipment and and traveling there and back and we didn't get back until till later on that afternoon into the early evening so a really really magical day at, at pins I really really enjoyed that yeah it
0: was it was really special and I ended up I don't eat seafood, so they ended up cooking me a chicken breast which was fine and I had that yeah. with I think some rice and salad Yes. And it it was nice. It was a lovely meal and they gave us a few snacks during the day as well. And even though, how you mentioned that we were able to go off, they didn't let us go too far away from the group and they were always very Uh, particular with not getting too far away and there was one part where there was this really strong current and at one point I thought, this current is going to take me out to sea and they just kept yelling out, swim, swim! And so we were swimming our little hearts out and having a – a life vest on does make it a little bit harder as well. And so we were trying to, mm-hmm. and we ended up, all of us made it, but they did definitely have the family on the ring and they were holding on and the, the they're professionals. They know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's true. You definitely could feel that riptide, could not you? It was quite scary. But the next day we were on quite a different boat, weren't we? Because we had booked to go to North Seymour. And to get to North Seymour, you have to um, – Well, the transport took us to the other side of Santa Cruz. So we departed from a different area and we were on a yacht, weren't we? We were. So
0: actually we got a bus back to where we got the ferry over from the airport. So it takes you all the way back close to the airport. And then that little ferry section is where we got onto our yacht and it was stunning. It was a beautiful yacht.
1: What a day. That was so amazing. So we went to a private bay. And we'd already seen some turtles the previous day, but this area was known for its turtles. So Heidi had joined us this day. She was feeling much better. So you and her went off um, looking at turtles, and that was really beautiful. Um, I ended up spending a bit extra time on the yacht, <laughs> like the diva I am.
0: <laughs> you
1: did. It wasn't till later on that we went to North Seymour, hey? Mm,
0: and that was also just us. And it was us three, and I think it was just another family of four? Yes,
1: yeah, so there was a family of four, but they also had their granny with them, oh, do you that's remember? That's right,
0: so there was five of them. Yeah, and that's it. That's all. So we had this <laughs> whole island to ourselves.
1: It was amazing. Um, and North Seymour is really, really famous for its birds. So After a spot of lunch, which was gorgeous, again, it was fish, rice, and then we also had um, uh, cake as well um, and drinks and things. After that, we went to North Seymour Island. So the first thing we saw was the frigate birds. So the frigate birds are really interesting because the females um just look like a normal bear but the males have this they have this massive um red ball on their neck um and they were just really cool.
0: When we arrived, there was a sea lion on the section where we needed to get off. So we had to go another way oh, and wow. climb up on the rocks to get around because he wasn't moving. He was just chilling. And so we had to go another way. He was he was on the part where the boat goes into. So again, <laughs> they're so respectful of animals in the Galapagos. They didn't want to disturb him. So we, we had to climb up a different way. <laughs>
1: And the time of year we were there, um, you could see the little chicks. So that was just incredible. We also saw baby sea lions. Do you remember? They were like playing in the rock mm-hmm. pools. Um, so that's where they learn to swim. So in the rock pools, they just play with each other. And that's how they learn how to swim. And uh, we saw the iguanas, the land iguanas and the sea ones. And then the blue-footed boobies. There was just a pair waiting for us, weren't there? We'd only been on the island for um Like five minutes and we already saw a pair of beautiful blue-footed boobies. We did. They were almost standing waiting as if they wanted their photo taken, weren't they? They were just sort of – They were
0: totally posing.
1: It was incredible.
0: In the Galapagos on the main island of Santa Cruz where all the tourist shops are, the main T-shirt that you see says, I love boobies. And then it has a picture (laughs) of the blue-footed booby. It's quite funny. (laughs) It was beautiful walking around that island. There was no other people on there. It was just us and the birds
1: and the colour of the island it was just this bright red um, and it was so hot we were there in the heat of the afternoon so yeah you need a cap you need sunscreen you need water but they did on the yacht they kept giving us um bottles of water which had been kept in ice so um they did really look after us to make sure we were well hydrated we also saw a mating dance of um the blue-footed boobies oh, so did So you have the female who's sat um, on a rock and then the male comes and does this amazing like fan dance where it spreads its wings and bends them and it's just incredible. It's almost like a club where the men are prowling around the women showing them their best moves and that was just so cool. It was.
0: It was very much like a club. (laughs) It was and the lady was like <laughs> tossing her nose up at him like, no, not good enough, work harder, work harder.
1: She made him work for a good couple of minutes and they did eventually fly off together. So, I mean, that's a chapter. We don't know what's happening there. I would really recommend it to anybody who loves wildlife to, to go and visit. It really is one of the top places you can go. Um, just just absolutely amazing. I think so too. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of... Um, a lot of good times. Do you remember that night we went out for dinner? I think it was just you and I, and we went to a special dinner. Yeah, it
0: was that night, our last night, and Heidi still wasn't up for eating, so she said, you guys just go. So we decided to go, and we walked down the main street, and we found a restaurant that actually had GF, gluten-free options on their menu. It was the first place I had seen. (laughs)
1: I think it was the only place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was struggling for food. I, I It's not what I expected on the Galapagos. I thought it would be a lot easier for me to be able to find food, but it wasn't. And the lady at our accommodation had said that, yeah, it's going to be tough for you to find food here. So note to self, if you have food allergies, try and take some food over with you. Depending what it is, they might not let it onto the island. They've, surely there's somewhere online that you could be able to find if you can take certain things on, because yeah, it was tough. There wasn't much, so I got very excited this night when we went to this restaurant, and it was up, and it kind of was like in a, it felt like it was in a treehouse.
1: Yeah, so they built it around a tree, and it was all um, it was all made from recycled. Recycled things. So there were tires used, there was recycled crates, the lighting looked like it had been upcycled. So it's very trendy all around this tree. Um, really, really great restaurant. Can you remember the name? So
0: I think the name of the place is Neustro. I'm really bad, so I'll spell it out. It's N U E S T R O restaurant. And the food, it's got a whole page. I might actually put this up on Instagram too. It has a whole page with all the different types of food allergies that they cater for. So I was in heaven there and there was a lot of things that I could eat. And then as we were sitting down and enjoying this fabulous meal, we happened to look over. And then we saw a poster.
1: We did not happen to look over, Michelle. You looked over. (laughs) Okay, okay. I was very intrigued.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I looked over and I saw there's a sign for the shrunken head museum. Now, you might have heard me say earlier, I love dark tourism. Dark tourism is dark things. Shrunken heads, yes, I need to see this. So we
1: were sitting there and I could not think of anything else. She was going on and on and on about this shrunken head museum. And it was probably early evening. Like I'd say it was maybe 7.30, something like that. And it was our last night. So Michelle was like, oh, I'm so sad we didn't go to the shrunken head museum. And I was like, it looks like it's open. And being the good friend that I am... I did go and I just ran downstairs. I'm quite a fast runner. I like to run everywhere. So I ran downstairs and found out what time the Head Museum closed. And I think it closed at maybe 9 o'clock.
0: Yeah, or 9.30, I think. I think we ended up getting there at 9.
1: That's true. It was 9.30. So we had time to have our lovely meal, which was very, very lovely, have some drinks, as always. There's always cocktails (laughs) involved like in a tree so we're eating in a tree overlooking the shrunken head museum um there was this a very sweet teenager who was working at the time she'd obviously got the late night shift it was just her there and then at nine o'clock having had cocktails all night we went to the shrunken head museum of santa cruz the galapagos islands and shrunken heads if you don't know are an amazon um, tradition in some parts of the Amazon, in some tribes, where what happens is when you die, your head is cut off, all the entrails are taken out and your head, like your skin is boiled so it's boiled down into a small size and then it's kind of restuffed and sewn together so the shrunken heads would be maybe the size of two fists together something like that
0: um, and I could so- not stop <laughs> thinking of I've never seen a shrunken head there's a shrunken head museum <laughs> we need to go and check out shrunken heads that's all I kept saying all night how can we not what's a, what's a shrunken we need to see this and Helen is looking at me
1: (laughs) how many shrunken heads did the shrunken head museum own
0: (laughs) okay so (laughs) so we go in i'm riled up super excited we pay our eight dollar us entry we go in and we're given we're
1: given an is it an ipad yes we're given an ipad i was like oh that's interesting maybe you scan um And there's like, you scan the head and it'll give you some information. That's cool.
0: No, that's not what happened. So you go in and then there's these pillars with nothing on them. And you hold the
1: iPad. It was an empty museum. Completely empty. (laughs) You hold up the iPad. And the
0: iPad brings up an image. And then it tells you about the image.
1: (laughs) So we went to a museum that has absolutely no artefacts. Every single artefact was digital. So you would scan the pillar and it would show you an interesting artefact with some information. And these would be different artefacts from all over Ecuador. But none of them were there. And there was maybe like 25 of these pillars with nothing on them. And none of them were shrunken heads, not one. So
0: we're in this massive big room hoping to see shrunken heads and there isn't any. (laughs)
1: And bear in mind, we had quite a lot of cocktails, hadn't we, at this mm. point? So we were just howling with laughter. We were the only ones in this museum at, like, 9 o'clock at night. We were scanning these non-existent artefacts to learn about these non-existent items. But apparently the items do exist. They're just in other museums. It was absolutely hilarious. I was like, I feel like I could be online doing this. Totally. I've paid $8. So... We, we we looked through all the artefacts and then we go through to a room that's just before the gift shop. So the, the museum comprises of three rooms, the entrance and exit hall, hall that is full of the non-existent artefacts that are digital artefacts. And then we went through to this final room and Michelle, I asked you earlier, how many shrunken heads were at the Shrunken Head Museum? One.
0: There was one... At- <laughs> <laughs> there was one... As we got into that back room, there was one. And again, I might put this photo. I've kept this photo away because it's pretty awful. But there we have a photo next to the shrunken head and we are pulling the most ridiculous faces because we can't believe we've gone into a shrunken head museum, a room that's empty, looked at artifacts on a iPad that don't exist and then walked in and we finally (laughs) see a shrunken head. (laughs)
1: <laughs> just the one it was great it was a glorious day and it's true like that's what's brilliant about travel is um having hilarious experiences like that it was really really funny and I did learn what shrunken head was and I was very pleased to see that one um it just was an unexpected museum we didn't buy anything from the gift shop we uh I think we continued on the cocktails after that but uh, <laughs> a great way to- finish off our Galapagos experience learning about tribal times in the Amazon and artifacts of Ecuador so funny it was funny
0: (laughs) and I think the funniest part was when we both realized that the museum was empty (laughs) we looked at each other and you looked at me and you were like you made me do this (laughs) oh but then you loved the shrunken head more than I did
1: I'm, I'm a history girl. I was very interested to find out um, about it. Yeah, it's quite interesting. So
0: that was our final night in Galapagos. So then the next day we had booked our taxi to go back to the airport, allow 40 minutes to get there in the taxi. Something, though, that I would warn you about, which we were very unsettled with, and it seems like it's very common for the Galapagos, is all the taxi drivers are constantly on their mobile phones. It's true. Constantly. And they are, you know, in Australia, I'm sure it's the same in the UK and I'm sure it's the same in most countries, it's not okay to be texting on your phone while you're driving at 100K. And they were constantly texting, looking at his phone until we started making comments to each other about it and being like he's obsessed with that phone. He can't put it down.
1: Yeah, he was on WhatsApp.
0: Yeah, I would speak up about that probably more now after seeing that it was everybody.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good advice.
0: We got our taxi back. We got our ferry across. Again, the same deal as on the way in. Paid our $25. We paid our $1 across. And the man just walks on the ferry and collects everyone's $1. So you need to have cash. And that's a big tip for Galapagos. You need cash to pay. If you want to pay credit card for anything, I think, what did she say? They put like 15% or...
1: Yeah, they do put a big percentage on. They put
0: a massive percentage. So, And there is a few ATMs there, so you can get cash out. You definitely need cash at the airport to pay that $20 and that 100 US. They will not accept it on card. It has to be cash. So we got back to the airport and then we waited and it was perfect. We left. We didn't have any delays or anything at Galapagos Airport. Then we went on and kept traveling from there. Is there anything else that you think our listeners might need to know?
1: Obviously, a lot of the places that we went, particularly the islands, weren't didn't have any shade. So I would just say to have a big hat, lots of sunscreen and take lots of water because I think um, that's really, really important. When you're walking around different islands, you just need to make sure... You are protecting your skin and making sure you're keeping cool. Um, that's just something I would say is for a safety point. Um, and also just um, just to get out and enjoy the local restaurants. Um, there's really great seafood, of course. Being an island, the catch of the day was always really interesting. Um, And just to make the most of the free opportunities as well as the paid um, boat trips. I think staying on the island and visiting from there was a really great way of doing it, as opposed to being on the boat where you're being forced to buy their food, pay their prices. And we were in in control of what we wanted to see and what we did. So I think that's always a really good way of seeing any island. Mm,
0: And we could see where all those boats were and they were all stuck together together where we went was nowhere near those boats so we did have a very more local experience than the very tourist experience that you could see from all those boats and I felt very safe on the island I did not feel like I couldn't walk around by myself at night and we asked if you know do we need to be back by a certain time should we not be walking around in the like at, after dinner in the dark and our accommodation said to us nope you're fine This is a very safe island and it felt like it too.
1: Absolutely. It was such a a magical place. And in Santa Cruz you've got all the lovely pelicans um, who – will sort of entertain you by diving for fish and lots of different wildlife just all around. It really is an amazing, amazing place. So I'd really recommend it as a destination for travellers, families and anybody who likes wildlife. It's just such a stunning place.
0: And you can do it on a budget. It doesn't have to break the bank. You really can and I think you should. It is so beautiful and I would love to go back. I've got a taste of it now. And now I would like to see more. Thanks for joining me and explaining this with me, Helen. It has been great to talk to you again. And I'm sure our listeners are happy to hear your voice again.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't. Nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, please email us at michelle at michellelee.com or head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.